The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio with you on a Tuesday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal were presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. A lot of NFL to get to, plenty of Husker news and notes, and we are loaded up today. We'll spend time with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic in about 15 minutes. Talk some big red ball with him, and then Husker standout and a staple with that Buffalo Bills culture. Chris Kelsey with us in about uh, 30 minutes or so. So Chris Kelsey this hour along with Mitch Sherman. In hour two, uh, Matt Schick of ESPN and the Schick and Nick podcast. Schick will be with us. And uh, Mark Manning, Husker wrestling coach, his team, uh, his crew, extraordinaire. We'll talk some wrestling with Coach Manning at 525. Numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity Radio at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can watch the show, contribute that way if you feel like doing so. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel for you. Uh, can watch the show there, ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. And the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle, at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Catch us 4 to 6. Catch Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, 7 to 9, weekday mornings. And can watch the show, both shows, on the Hale Varsity Radio uh, Twitter handle, at HVarsity Radio. Elijah, have you picked out your giant steak? It's the first time in a long time where you picked first. You picked correctly. And, and it was really it, never in doubt. It was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. We will get to the, the tough night of one of our favorites, Brett Maher, last night, as uh, I, I still believe he is trending nationally. Uh, he'll bounce back. He may even have uh, something to say about it in San Francisco next weekend. That thing's a three-and-a-half-point number as uh, we look forward to the divisional round. But uh, we'll get there. Nebraska's on the road. They've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth, re- Fort Worth region. Uh, just to give you some updates, news and notes-wise, with Nebraska football, they've got a trio of guys they're looking at hosting here for 2023. A wideout from Nashville, Demetrius Bell. Uh, you have um, Evan Cooper, Marcus Satterfield, Coach Rule. Uh, they were uh, in home with him Monday. Uh uh, so that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Bell's a four-star recruit, rivaling on three. I think he's pretty big time. Uh, he's emerged as options 
Uh, good story here on the Journal Star with Kentucky and Bama uh, looking after him. Uh, Don Bosco, defensive lineman, Sua Latufa. He's out of Arlington, Texas. And then uh, you have Ismael Smith-Flores this weekend as well, the uh, potential Iowa target uh, at tight end. Nebraska also offering some high-star targets uh, the, in, in the last uh, 7 to 10 hours. Uh, Brady Altman's all over that with you on HaleVarsity.com. So they are not resting <laughs> despite winter conditioning up and going. Uh, Nebraska continuing to pound the pavement. Uh, you have a new NIL deal for Casey Thompson. That's good. That's big time to have a couple of options, a quarterback and a returner. So uh, that's where we're at with Nebraska. Listen, um, Brett Maher last night, Elijah. Oh, yeah. We got to go. Uh, Brett Maher is a first and foremost talented, talented kicker. Loved covering him when he was at Kearney. Loved covering him at Nebraska. And it, it, it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare where we don't really know the guy. We've talked to him a couple of times, but as Nebraskans, you cheer for Nebraskans. When you put your fan hat on, you sit down on the couch and uh, you kind of look at what's happening around the NFL, some bright spots in the NFL. Well, uh, for sure, Levante David uh, and Dominican Sue, just to name a couple. Uh, and then Brett Maher, uh, and of course Gifford down in Dallas, Malik Collins. You know the Huskers and where they're at. Rex Burkhead with the Texans as well. So a lot of Nebraska fans keep an eye on Nebraska players when they're into the NFL. Uh, of course, what Zach Taylor's doing in Cincinnati is still smile. There's a lot of new Bengals fans. It's just not our pal, our pal Lars Anderson down in Birmingham, uh, tucked into a corner of a wing shop. <laughs> with uh, four other Bengal fans, right? I mean, it, it's listen. Uh, Jay's Jay Moore. We talked to him yesterday. He's he's a big Zach guy because of uh, their friendship and their time in in Lincoln. And wow, Cincinnati's got a soft spot. Uh, a lot of Bills fans in town too. And we'll talk to to Chris Kelsey here in a bit. But man, you look at what poor Maher went through last night. You could hear it in the voice. It was contrasting tones, right? It was, it was Buck and Aikman going, oh, dear God, this poor guy. They're feeling his pain for him. And then there's the Manning brothers that are losing their mind because they're quarterbacks and they don't like kickers. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting in the studio saying, how is there not a, a bigger pool of kickers in America we well, can turn it, to? It, it's gra- not that. It's Peyton's grabbing a football and he's ready to throw it through. Listen, do you, did you ever see the Mike Vanderjack interview during the, uh, the Pro Bowl? I don't believe so, no. Okay, so there, there's an, my take, an innate hate uh, of kickers uh, towards from Peyton Manning, okay, because uh, Mike Vanderjack got hammered and, and mouthed off, and listen, our kicker got liquored up, and this was like a end of first quarter in Hawaii interview, uh, and, and Peyton was completely annoyed. But you got the quarterbacks that – Hey man, I'm the quarterback. That that mentality. Well, it's it's that mentality of I just led this team down the field. You have one is, job, right? And this is what you go do. This is it, man. Uh, and and well, let's start off with Jerry Jones because this was the question. This was part of Scott Van Pelt's coverage last night, and the the question was, uh, okay, is is Maher's job? safe let's just preface it 50 of 53 through the regular season 
right? He missed an extra point last week. He's also bombed away from 65 yards away two weeks ago. The guy's got a missile for a leg, but it's been different since then. You've seen me golf, and about every fourth hole, I can't hit it through the uprights. I, I can't. I'm spraying left or I'm spraying right, and that's what he was doing. But Jerry Jones uh, was elated in the press box because it was 6 nothing, then 12 nothing, then 18 nothing, and then 24 nothing, and you're 0 for 4 on extra points. And you can keep going to the guy. Uh, finally, they, they went for it on fourth down, got the go-ahead, and then, and then the extra point went through. But Jerry was asked point blank last night, are you shopping for a kicker? Will you look at some kickers no. this week? No. We won't. We just, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's done enough good ones. There you go. Done enough good ones. Done enough good ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, your golf analogy is perfect because... You, you've gone golfing with your buddy that, you know, is a lot better than you. And then there's just that one hole where... The guy that picks up the phone and wants to go because he likes camaraderie. Yeah, well, then, you know what? He slices a couple. And you go, okay, well, I'll give you a couple mulligans. And he plays it down the third time. He goes, I'm going to play the slice this time. Drop where you're at. Well, no, no, he plays the slice. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to aim way left. I'm going to play the slice. And then that's the first one he shoots all hole that goes straight. And, and that's what it was like last night with Maher, where the first one sliced. And you go, okay, that's a little out of character. The second one slices again, misses right. And then the third one, you can see, he, he looks completely different when he goes to make the kick. He's playing the slice just about. And, oh, guess what? This one goes straight and it misses left. And now he's all on his own head. And thank God he got one more chance at the end. I was a little bit surprised McCarthy even sent him out there. With, well, he, he wasn't going to let him kick a field goal. Wasn't, definitely was not going to let him kick a field goal. But once it got to 30-6, to it was safe. You know well, what well was imagine, though, imagine if Maher had gone out there and missed that one when it was 30 to 6. If he goes and misses the extra point, what does that do for a guy's mental state? Well, you're already there. You needed you needed one to go down to get back into the frame of mind where I, I can do this. The, the, oh, my God, I'm not cursed anymore. Right, well, and it's hilarious, and I think it's hilarious because it's not me, but I'm texting back and forth with Uncle Andy, who's the, like we laid out, Uncle Andy's a, the biggest Cowboys fan ever. And, and he's waiting for something to go wrong he's in straight cub fandom or uh, sooner magic nebraska fan back in the day where all right you're up you're up and then momentum shifts and you're just hanging on that whole fourth quarter of the iowa nebraska game this season or quite frankly during the frost era you're up and you're waiting for it to, to end poorly and go down in flames as far as holding on to a lead. And how many games did you have, feel like you had put away that slipped? And, well, how did that happen? One of the all-time great comebacks for somebody else. That was Uncle Andy's text chain with me last night because he's, he's the biggest Cowboy fan I know, and he's losing his mind. And it was dot, 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 so it begins. And it's 24-6. to six. They're beating the hell out of Brady. They're pressuring him. They're getting hits. There's no run game. Uh, I mean, Tom's looking like a mess, and there's no answer defensively. Dak was on fire. The funniest thing I saw on 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 Twitter uh, was the the fact that Dan Orvlosky said that uh, Kellen Moore had had the hand signals, some espionage going on. But, man, uh, just absolutely rough for Maher. But he'll have something to say, I think. Mm. 
and it is it, it, it just you just felt awful for a Nebraska guy. Uh, absolutely felt awful for him. But at least it happened in a game that was a blowout. It was decided. That's the saving grace. Like imagine if the Cowboys could he lose that game thirty-four to, or thirty-five to thirty-one. Yeah. Well, think you think it's gonna be the end of the world, right? Think I think if you would have lost twenty-one eighteen, and that's where Cowboys fans' minds were at. Dak Prescott coming to his rescue last night. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm Money Mars' biggest fan. Yeah, I mean, I talked to him individually. Told him, just told him after the game, hey, let that go. We're gonna need it. Um, I just played a week ago, so I mean, that th- that happens. Uh, knowing what that guy's done, uh, what resiliency he's shown throughout his career, personally, um, no doubt that he'll come back next week and be be perfect and uh, help us win. I got caught up. Why did I bet Tampa? Why, why did I lose my stake in beer to Elijah? Because I bought into that overreaction. And it happens. Dallas has played bad. Dak's been a mess taking care of the football. They're going to go beat Tampa. As bad as Tampa's been, Tom Brady will find a way. They were garbage last night. And Dallas made them look like garbage. Well, I think the the prevailing thought was from you. you. The thought was, you know what? Tampa's been bad this year, but you, you don't bet against Brady in the playoffs. He'll get it figured out for the playoffs. They, they got their way into the playoffs, and now the real season begins for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Turns out an offense that was garbage all year long was going to continue being garbage in the postseason. It was simple as that. Dallas shut him down. It, it didn't matter how good Dallas' offense was last night because Tampa's offense was that bad. Who's on the horn? We got Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Schmitty, what, don't lose sight of the fact that uh, Mars missed misses kept it uh those of us degenerates kept us on the, on the under so i am you know god bless him he because that was a rough spot but we cashed out on that one so thanks guys so chris is like look maher took care of some of us that loved the unders maybe maher had the under no i don't think so that would be suspendable that's funny so there's always a silver lining is the guy going to be able to keep his job with Dallas because uh, he's been cut before, right, from Dallas. They brought him back. You're not going to go get a new kicker. And Chris is like, hey, his uh, sudden case of the yips absolutely delivered for me because I had the unders. Uh, man. It's a good call. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris, thank you for giving perspective <laughs> to some. Uh, and, and there's the other side of the coin. So have you had the overs, right? But uh, last side here, let's hear from, from Eli and Peyton. They weren't the most sensitive uh, when it comes to, uh, well, what they asked before half. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why are we kicking on? it? Why are we kicking it? What is going on? <laughs> you can't believe it. Talk about a buzz kill. No one's ever missed three field, three extra points in a row. That's kind of guy at halftime of a playoff game. Got to be a record. <laughs> Easy, Eli or Peyton. That was Peyton. Come on. <laughs> My good Lord. <laughs> Told you he hates kickers. Randy uh, is chiming in and is asking if there's – make it Sal. Sal's asking if there's any new uh, – portal uh, options. Listen, Nebraska is going to go try and find another offensive tackle, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, And and I would believe that they're going to wait till post-spring to do that unless they can land some. They're focusing on some some of the finishing touches of 2023 right now, the high school prospects. It's also a a question from Randy as well as, shouldn't we be going after more linemen, especially on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, you you would if you could, but as we've 
heard from Brandon Vogel a couple times, and the the the, the, the prevailing common knowledge among the transfer portal is offensive linemen that are ready made are like gold in the transfer portal. They're they're not a dime a dozen. You're gonna have one or two in the portal that are ready made, and that they can step in and start anywhere in any given cycle. And those guys are gonna be recruited by anyone and everyone. So. Yes, you'll, you'll you'd like after. to have offensive linemen, but it's not like they're easy to get. A, a guy that we could be talking about, though, is Omar Spates, yes. Oregon State, the linebacker. That's a guy that uh, there's been some peer recruiting from some guys uh, coming into this Nebraska class and uh, also from guys that are currently on the roster. So that's that's a name to watch. He's a guy that was all Pac-12 last okay. year. Okay, you know, Omar would be good. Oregon State finished right around 10th in the country, I think. Beat Oregon this year. Uh, so, yeah, they'll, they'll hit the portal – I totally believe uh, Nebraska right now, as it stands, with with portal linemen, uh, they are what I one in th- one in three because you, you lost out. You lost Rouse. You lost Wazuka, but you got Scott. Right, and then the other kid out of Rhode Island. Oh, so we're one for four. One for four, uh, but with, not uh, Cornelius. O- but, but not zero for four. Uh, we'll check in with Mitch Sherman. More of your calls coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Kelsey, 15 minutes away, Matt Schick. Next hour, Coach Manning joins us at 525. Mitch Sherman joins us now with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, did you have the overs or unders last night? On the uh, Cowboys and and, uh, and Bucks, Bucks. Is that what we're talking about on the yes. missed, uh, the over over three and a half missed extra points. No, is that the question? <laughs> no, 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 I did, I didn't know there was such a problem. Well, you probably could have gotten pretty good odds on that one. If somebody bet that, they're probably uh, a millionaire now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I would have taken. I don't even know what the number was on it, but uh, what they scored forty five, so mm-hmm. probably uh, would have come in. I would have uh, I would have come in under that. I don't I don't know. I didn't think about it. No, we had a caller say uh, the silver lining with Maher was the unders hit because of those missed extra points. Uh, because of him. Yes. So there you go. I mean, hey, look, the game wasn't really in doubt. What would be terrible is if he had that kind of a performance in a one-score game, mm-hmm. and it changed everything. Now he's got that out of his system, so just go ahead and get everything straightened out against the Niners. That's uh, that's about right, and uh... – We'll see if it happens. Maher could be the hero. It's funny how sports works, right? Your goat to hero or, or hero to goat. It just uh, it just depends. Uh, imagine, yeah. Imagine now if he if he hits the kick to send him to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, and then what what kind of a story that'll be? Or or hits the Super Bowl game winning kick. It's the Cowboys we're talking about. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not going that far. That's <laughs> <laughs> bridge too far. Mitch, uh, been busy for Nebraska and Coach Rule and company. Uh, Going to be hosting more kids for the weekend. They're continuing their tour and travels. And what what's your what's your gut say right now with 
some of the the portal additions, specifically some of the the high star talent that that were once at an SEC program that are now in Lincoln. Do you think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve, or do you think you can get more of a a Trey Palmer type impact, uh, or or even a Casey Thompson type impact? I mean, that's what you're aiming for. But yeah. how, how do you feel about some of the acquisitions Nebraska's made? Yeah, good question. I wrote a whole big piece about that that'll be out tomorrow morning on the Athletic. So I'll give you a little preview of what I thought. So I gave I gave kind of an upside grade to every one of the nine transfers that are in for Nebraska, and I didn't count Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda in that group because they're not transferring from other schools, although. Both were in the portal, and I, I addressed the two of them and, and what that means for Nebraska um, in the same piece. You know, I, I think, one, uh, Jeff Sims has the highest upside potential just because of the fact that he's a quarterback and he's got two years and he can be a bridge um, for this program before Matt Rule gets um, somebody out of high school that – um, he wants very badly. Say the name. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody, I think, wants very badly. Everybody associated with the Nebraska program obviously has their eyes on Dylan Raiola as this uh, recruiting cycle turns toward 2024. And it was, of course, Matt Rule's first stop this week when the, the doors opened back up to, to go on the road. He went to Chandler, Arizona. So, um, you know, Sims plays such an and – he, and he's more than a bridge. I mean, he can be a guy that gets this off – on a on a good foot, I think he has a, a, a high ceiling, and you know we'll see because he's going to be in a competition in, in some shape or form um, with Casey Thompson. Um, what Thompson can do in the spring, other than take mental reps and learn and learn Marcus Satterfield's offense, remains to be seen. But you know he's at the top of my list. Sims is on upside grades, and, and I, you know I think that that Ben Scott, the center from from Arizona State, is the guy who is most likely to hit. Um, Nebraska last year placed you know, so much stock in getting hits out of the portal and having a high hit rate. I think it was really the only way that um, that coaching staff in 2022 could have managed to pull a, a giant turnaround was to do something like what Michigan State did the year before and hit on just about every one of 15 transfers that you bring in. And, and for Nebraska, it was more like six or seven, and a few of them were big hits. Um, you mentioned Trey Palmer. He was the biggest, and, and Casey you know, was right there, too, because he plays that quarterback spot. But I look at Sims. I look at Scott. Um, you know, I, I look at M.J. Sherman um, potentially as a guy who can give you something that you really need at an outside linebacker spot as Nebraska changes and adjusts into Tony White's defensive scheme and and you know the other guy i gave an a to was cory call cory collier mm. the safety um who didn't necessarily live up to, or certainly didn't live up to his recruiting billing in two years at florida but he was a top 100 guy out of out of the miami um and i think can be a big help to nebraska at safety or at rover um which is another um change to this defense that we'll see with tony white Mitch, can you give me an, an under-the-radar guy Nebraska's already got in the boat uh, for, as far as the transfer portal that you think maybe not going to make an impact this season, but is going to be a guy a couple years from now or even this next season that you think we're not talking about him now, but he could be a, a really big pickup for Matt Rule and staff? Well, I'll give you one that's got to be this season because he has just one year, and that's Billy Kemp, the mm-hmm. wide receiver from Virginia. 
And, you know, he's played six years of college. He's only eligible because of the tragedy that happened at Virginia this November where three players were, were shot and killed, and the NCAA gave all Virginia players the opportunity to scrub that season from their eligibility charts. And Billy Kemp, as, a, as an undersized slot receiver, was going to give the NFL a shot before um, he, he received that opportunity to play another season. So with that chance, he's coming to Nebraska. And, you know, he's a seasoned guy. I think he, he's, he's, he's different from what Nebraska has at the receiver spots. I mean, you can certainly look at Elante Brown and say they um, they play a similar position, but, you know, receiver is a spot where you can have two guys that, that do similar things and they can both contribute. And, you know, I think Billy Kemp, while, while under the radar right now, um, if he's healthy, and, you know, he had some injury issues this last year at Virginia, but if he's healthy, he can be a big piece in this offense and kind of a security blanket for the quarterback, whether it's Sims or, or Thompson. Nebraska's receiver room getting a bump, not only with Kemp, but you have Washington, presumably, and then, then Elante's done nice work, and he could have a breakout. I want to go to, to, to Betts, and what what do you think happens moving forward? Do you think he contributes, he finds some, some stability, or is it always going to be, man, what could have been? Well, he's moving to he's moving past that. He's moving to that next step of it's that getting getting beyond what could have been. That 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 would have I think been the the forever narrative with Xavier Betts if if his departure from the team turned turned permanent. And it's just been a year, so it's not like you know he's been away from the sport for uh, twenty four months or any, anything like that. You know, it's it's similar to if a guy had a a big injury, um, you know, he's going to have to get back into the right frame of mind. Um, you know, but I think that was kind of the, the, the hurdle with Xavier from the beginning was he, he had to make a decision coming out of high school, you know, maybe even when he was in high school, if he had all of the passion that was necessary to play and, and be the best that he could be. I mean, he could be an all state kind of player, even a high school, all American kind of player by, without um, pouring everything that he had in, into the game of football. And I'm not knocking him. That's just his personality. And, and he has to decide and has had to make that decision as to whether he has um, the love for the game that you need to to play it at a high level if you're going to be in, in the Power Five. And, you know, he made a, a decision that he didn't um, last spring. And something has changed with him. So it'll be interesting when – you know, when he's back in the mix or when, when he decides to, to talk about that, to see what clicked. And, you know, I think some of it may have had to do, may have, have had to do with the changing situation at Nebraska. I, I, I didn't expect that Xavier was ever going to go and, and resurface at a program out of state. That didn't seem to fit with what I knew about him personally. Um, so the fact that Nebraska made a change and, and there's a different uh, environment that exists within the Nebraska program now with Matt Rule. Um, it's something that he can see him that, that Xavier can see himself in, and and, and we'll see if it clicks. If it fits. Right now, they're just at the very beginning, but they've made steps. Um, you know, with Matt Rule reaching out to him and 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 bringing Xavier back into the fold with a fresh start, they've made steps to to move forward. And you know, it, it very much remains to be seen whether it's that, that it's going to click. And you know, he. He turns into the the um, the athlete and the receiver that 
um, that, that we know he can be. You know, he's an NFL kind of talent, but it takes more than just the talent to get to that level. How do you think Rule can click or connect with um, with Xavier? Well, um, it's not just Rule; it's his coaching staff too. And he's got a guy in, in Garrett McGuire who's young. Obviously, that's the first thing you're going to say about Garrett McGuire as receivers coach is that he's young. Um, you know, I, I think he he McGuire has like like his dad um, at Texas Tech who went very fast from being a high school head coach to a college assistant coach to now a successful college head coach. He's got an ability to connect with, uh, with football players, with people. And I think Garrett in, in, you know, just briefly meeting him, um, I, I think he has some of those intangibles too. So, um, you know, while you don't want to throw too much on a 23 year old assistant coach, who's never done this before, I think one thing that he'll, He'll succeed at very naturally is just connecting on a personal level with players, and and that's what Xavier Betts needs. He needs a guy around him, somebody who's in charge of his position, or in charge of the offense, or in charge of the team um, as a whole, who can connect with him as a person. And you know, I, I think he struggled to find that some somewhat in the last couple of years at Nebraska. And even when Mickey Joseph came in and was his receivers coach. You know, Mickey was all business with those guys. That's just the way that he was. And, you know, it worked with some players, and it brought out the best in some players, and then it didn't work with some guys. And there was an urgency um, that those guys had last year as, as things changed in the program. But I, I, obviously it, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for Xavier. And he walks back in now to a completely different situation where it's a brand-new staff with, where everybody's at, kind of at square one. And, you know, these guys, if, if one thing that they've proved in their time, not McGuire, he hasn't been there, but one thing that, that Matt Rule and his staff have proved in their time at Temple and at Baylor as college coaches is that they're going to take a personal interest in the players that they coach. Not to say that other coaches don't, but it seems to be a strength of, of Matt Rule and, and his staff. And I, I do think that's um, a large part of what Xavier Betts needs for him to be in an, in an environment where he succeeds. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, it flew by. Thank you much for jumping on with us. We'll get connected again and keep up the great work, bud. Okay, thanks, guys. There is Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll talk some NFL and Huskers. Chris Kelsey on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency Standout Husker, 10-year vet with the Buffalo Bills. We say hi to Chris Kelsey. Chris, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Um, 
every day is a great day, right? It is, and yeah. it's it's been even better with this playoff run. Yeah, it has been. It's been a great playoff run for the Bills and, and everybody else who's made it this far. It's, it's tough, right? You start with 32 teams, and ultimately at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you have one that's feeling good about themselves and 31 that um, are kind of licking their wounds going into the offseason. As you look at Buffalo, what a dive in there with Allen and company and and the the emotion they've been through. Uh, where are you at is is a proud former Bill with, with their momentum right now? I feel good, although, you know, they looked vulnerable at times uh, this weekend against the against the Dolphins, um, especially when you consider a, a third string quarterback that they're going against. But you know what? Cincinnati Bengals show some vulnerabilities too. Um, so I think it'd be a good game. I'm sure that there'll be some uh, some emotions um, when they meet up next Sunday or Saturday, whenever it is. I haven't even looked. Um, just, you know, reliving what happened on that Monday night um, to DeMar. It was uh, something that nobody's ever seen, really, as far as um, I, I know. You know, uh, I remember I was watching it with my, my wife and a few other couples and you know, when they started doing CPR, you're, you're kind of questioning whether or not he's going to make it off the field. And that's scary. I don't know. Uh, anybody that's been around sports long enough has seen plenty of injuries, obviously, but nothing like that. And so, uh, thank God he's he's on the mend and out of the hospital. And it sounds like he's he's heading in the right direction for a full recovery. So, um, answered prayers there. And, and I'm sure, you know, that still, um, you know, sticks, sticks with a lot of those teammates there in Buffalo. But, um you know, being able to talk to him via FaceTime uh, the other day prior to the game. And, um, you know, obviously he's at the stadium, I'm sure, um, this weekend. And um, just a little extra momentum, a little extra motivation for him to, uh, to do well in the playoffs. Chris Kelsey's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Husker Standout, and Buffalo Bill. What is the experience like uh, for you? To, to follow Buffalo, given your your entire professional career being spent up there and just what they're on the cusp of. What do you think of their their makeup, their nucleus? Obviously, Allen's uh, phenomenal. But just uh, as you look at their, their roster, uh, what what can be the difference for them this year? I think it's just their entire organization and how it ran. I know um, – you know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, the general manager, together with the line that came to Buffalo together. Um, obviously, Dable, who was their offensive coordinator prior, prior to this year, and Ken Dorsey taking over. He's now the head coach in, 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 Giant, in New York with the Giants, and, you know, they won the other day, too. So it's just they know what they're doing. They they have a process. Um, they follow the process to the key, and they have buy-in from all the guys on the roster. And that's big because, you know, that's true. There's, there's some young talent on that team, but – um, sometimes that's a hard thing to do in the NFL is, is you know, combining all these different personalities and all these different backgrounds and um, different people making different kinds of money and, and, and put it all together for one common goal, and that's to win football games. And, um, they've been able to do it. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Brown, uh, or excuse me, Josh Allen, and, you know, what a quarterback he is. And It's a quarterback-driven league, and anytime you have a talent like him and, and you see how he's progressed throughout his career, um, it's it's uh, something to hang your hat on because they don't come around very often. You know that's why every year, uh, this time of year, you got people looking for ways to get that that uh, hidden gem on on their roster because 
if you get a towel like him, it can last a long time bearing, you know, any injuries and uh, stuff that's out of your control. But they definitely have the pieces in place, that's for sure, to, to, uh, to make a long run of this thing. Chris Kelsey with his love or hate going up against quarterbacks similar to Josh Allen, that dual threat. It's always tough. You know, you when I was playing, you know, obviously being in the same uh, division as, as the Patriots, we played Tom Brady twice a year, so I faced him 20 times in my career. And, you know, he's not going to um, get outside the pocket and, you know, get a first down with his legs. But um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of them do, and that's what everybody's looking for, is somebody that doesn't have to necessarily be a, a Josh Allen or a, a Lamar Jackson or one of those, but somebody that's mobile enough, you know, to – uh, you see man-to-man coverage and all the facts facing you, you're taking off to get a first down. Now. Uh, there's a lot of them in the league now, and everybody else says trying to find that person. I, I'd rather have a pocket passer who you can just kind of pin your ears back and try to get to him before, but um, it's, it's, it's tough. You see guys, um, you know, this weekend where defenses have to uh, delegate one guy for kind of a spy on these mobile quarterbacks just to make sure they don't run. Um, so. Um, I'd much prefer a, a pocket passer, but um, <laughs> those are those, those are those are few and far between right now. Yeah, you got to get a guy that's pass first, but mobile enough. Absolutely. You mentioned you faced Brady twenty times, and uh, right now it, it sounded like a fare thee well from him. But I think he still has too much gas in the tank to to, to step away. He's still at a high high level, different level, but still a high level. What do you uh, think of Brady and, and his future, and what sticks out to you about all the times you faced him? Well, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. I wouldn't even call it a rivalry because I don't even want to mention how many times out of those 20 times we faced each other that we uh, in Buffalo won, but you respect the heck out of him, man, what him and Belichick were able to do and then what he's done in Tampa. I know that last night was disappointing, but he hit the nail on the head. He's still performing at a very high level. I'd be – I'd be really surprised if he decided to hang it up. Um, I think he has um, a lot left to uh, to prove to himself and prove to everybody else. Um, there's a reason why he's considered to go and um, continues to uh, perform at a high level. The thing is, as far as I think, you know, from last year to this year, they, they were so beat up on the offensive line, um, and and we just we just talked about it. You know, he's not a mobile quarterback. He needs some time to sit back there and dissect defenses and throw the ball around the field and he just didn't have time i think he uh he had the ball gone within a couple seconds you know more times than not so um he's able to adapt and adjust and that's another you know huge huge asset of his but um i think he still has a lot left to give even at his age i mean it doesn't look like he's slowing down much so i'd be surprised if he's he's done you know you look at at landing spots and you hear miami you hear vegas and you look at the talent around uh, what what he is versus what he's been, and to me it makes sense to to find a spot that has some some pretty good pieces around uh, that can kind of he can enhance their skill set versus carry a team. Is that a fair take? Absolutely. I mean, he can be selective where he goes. Um, he wants a good supporting cast because he doesn't have very more years. Obviously, he's on on the the end of his his journey as opposed to. Um, more in the front, but yeah, you know, he still has three fingers, right? He got three more <laughs> rings to win, and, and so he's so he's going to make sure to go to the place that uh, he feels best about winning the championship. A few more minutes. Chris Kelsey continues with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Matt Schick on the way. 
and then head coach for Nebraska Wrestling, Mark Manning. Coming up at 525, remember to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More with Chris Kelsey on the way. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Kelsey with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Great to get caught up with you, Chris. Thoughts on Nebraska and the new staff with Coach Rule, you know, beating the streets? I've been very impressed. I'm an optimist. I'm always excited this time of year for what's to come. There's something different about him. I had an opportunity to speak with him briefly here in Omaha a few weeks back when he was in town, um, along with his OC and special teams coordinator. I love their mentality. I love their, their mindsets. And obviously, they're putting in the work. They're hitting the pavement, um, getting all these places, and, and really spending a lot of time trying to improve our roster. And, you know, we have talent on this team, but we don't have a ton of premier talent. And uh, that's what they're trying to get. Obviously, the NIL world we live in now changes uh, kind of this platform. I think we do pretty well in that regard as far as NIL is concerned. I know we're in the top five, I believe, in the country. And I know there's some big differences between, you know, number one and number two and where we're at. But we're doing pretty good for, for where we're at right now, just a couple of years into it. And that's the difference between now and when I played is prior to NIL and prior to all this transfer portal stuff, you can turn a roster pretty quick. It's just a matter of finding the right kids, I think. You need to find a kid that isn't just chasing the dollar bill, but he's chasing championships. And Again, that's few and far between right now because um, these kids are, are seeing green, you know, and, and they're chasing money. And We need to get those talented kids that can come in here and, and want to stay and, and win a championship for the state. Chris, what was passed on to you as a black shirt, and what did you pay forward after your time in Lincoln pre-NIL, but there was still a standard – you, you, you got brought into, and then you also paid forward. Yeah, for me, it was just, I was a little different case because I had a brother that went before me, mm-hmm. and I knew what it meant to be a black shirt from being around him, being around Grant, being around Jared, JP, all those guys before me. And that rang true and it hit me at the heart. I didn't want to let those guys down. And then when you have new kids coming in, especially those that are out of state that might not know what, what even a black shirt was, the way I tried to portray to them how much it meant and the, the fraternity that you're in you know, once you receive your first black shirt, it's through my example, just the way I worked out, whether it's during season, off season, in the weight room, on the field. I try to lead by example and, and hold myself to a high standard. I'm not one of those that says a whole lot unless it needs to be said. And so I think that's one thing that carried over into my professional career, too. I was voted a captain by my peers because of that. They knew that if I'm going to say something, I'm going to do it as well. I'm not going to hold you to one standard and then hold myself to another. So that's kind of how I've treated my whole life. I want to live by example and being a parent, um, a husband, and, and all those things. I, I, I live it in my daily life as well. Chris Kelsey with us, Hale Varsity Radio. If the Bills get to the Super Bowl, are you going? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't think I have a choice. My kids and <laughs> my wife are they've wanted to go to every every game. Um, we try to get out there, you know, once a year. It's awfully tough now because my kids are old enough where they're busy every weekend with their own activities and sports. They're very much involved in my girls are big in volleyball and Rhett does just about everything. So it's tough, but they wanted to go to the playoff games last week. They wanted to go to the Cincinnati game coming up this weekend. And I, I told them if we made it to the Super Bowl and head down to Arizona I take them down there. So, yeah, that's in the plans, but let's not, uh, let's not put the cart before the horse and jinx us. Chris, best to you and your fam. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Happy New Year. Good stuff from Chris Kelsey. That'll be on the podcast. Uh, we'll segment uh, that interview and, of course, our sit-down with Mitch Sherman. Matt Schick of Schick and Nick at ESPN Radio and TV. Next hour, Mark Manning with us. And don't forget, Roadshow tomorrow. We'll talk... Huskers and make snow angels. Downtown Rosie's tomorrow is where we're at. 10th and P. Come see us. 4 to 6, Roadshow. Rosie's downtown Lincoln ahead of Nebraska, Ohio State. Nachos and hot dogs. Nacho cheese and hot dogs, Elijah Herbal. Yes, please. And, and much more. Hour 2 on the way. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in with ESPN, Sirius XM, ESPN U, Matt Schick with us at ESPN underscore Schick. Mr. Schick, how was Massachusetts? Massachusetts was great. It was great. It was cold. Uh, I, the temperatures didn't reach 40 degrees, and I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I, I'm incredibly soft. Um, I, I had a just a spring jacket on because I, I failed to dress for where I was headed. A uh, very rookie mistake. Um, but, um, oh, it was good. Got to see some good uh, high school basketball players, none of which are headed to Nebraska. So it was good. It was a good thing to see. <laughs> well, there's there's NIL, but I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Listen, you saw, you saw Brody James and, and Cameron Boozer. I mean, big-time showca- showcase game. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was uh, – I mean, standing room only, there's police everywhere. There's, you know, I mean, these are celebrities. These are guys that are, 
that are meal tickets for a lot of people. I mean, uh, and I don't mean Bronny. Um, and frankly, I don't mean Cameron Boozer. I think their families are fine. Um, but they are going to make a lot of money for people. And uh, Cameron Boozer is the number one sophomore. He and his brother Caden are twins. Uh, one's six nine, the other six two or three or whatever he is. Uh, they're both very good. Cameron Boozer is going to be a future NBA star. And they're sophomores. And I'm watching them going, where did he create these people? Like, I know, I know Carlos Boozer is his dad. But, uh, I mean, his wife couldn't have been, you know, 6'8". I mean, this is ridiculous what's happening here. These, these people did not look like this when I was roaming the uh, high school still getting wedgies. But still, they didn't look like this. And so um, it's incredible. And then Bronny James is just, I mean, you're the son of a king, and he's going, you know, he's getting double digits, he's doing his thing, and everyone's there to see him. I mean, I would say next to uh, Tiger Woods' kid, Charlie, I mean, he's the most popular son of an athlete going right now. It's uh, it's really amazing. Matt Schick is with us. Uh, Schick and Nick podcast dropped, and if you haven't caught it, it, it is a exquisite tour of the <laughs> state of Nebraska with one coach, Ed Foley. Uh, you mentioned Loomis, but you uh, you circled a lot um, of, of, of different towns in Nebraska. Coach Foley and Elijah Herbal love massive amounts of nacho cheese on their gas station hot dog chick. Have you done that? I've never done the, uh, never done the nacho cheese on the dog. Um, but I'm not going to lie. When I saw the picture, I wasn't hating it. Uh, I mean, Foley, it's almost like he said, Hey, can I have some hot dog with my nacho cheese? Like it was the thing, the hot dog needed a snorkel in that stuff. And I was fine with it. It, um, but yeah, Ed Foley doing the tour de Nebraska, Central Nebraska cuisine, and stopping off at a place to get some a gallon of nacho cheese on his hot dog with nine jalapenos on it. Uh, we have reached out. The Chicken and Podcast has reached out to Nebraska Athletics. We are efforting an interview with Ed Foley. I hope we can do it. I don't want to talk football. I want to talk, you know, nacho cheese and hot dogs. And hopefully we will do that. But um, credit to him for doing the tour. It's. Uh, you know, we we joked on the uh, on the podcast. Were there more pictures that he took of his trip, or more Division One recruits in Central Nebraska? Um, you know, to kind of poke a little fun at the <laughs> at the area, which I still call my second home. But uh, I give Ed Foley a lot of credit. He's uh, he's seems like a genuine, genuine guy, and uh, I hope he enjoyed his hot dog. Well, Matt, before you talk with Ed Foley, if that does come to fruition, you have to try a a hot dog with nacho cheese on top. There's two places to get it, either a high school concession stand or a gas station. Those are the the two acceptable locations. And if you happen to find a restaurant that serves it, I guess you can try it too. But the true experience is at a gas station or a high school sporting event. And I'll tell you, it tastes like high blood pressure and heart disease. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's heart attack on a bun, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, you know, when you die, no one's going to know if it was because of the hot dog or not. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot of dots you could connect. I guess it's your track record of your diet, but it is it is something that um, I am going to. You know, we don't have a Casey's General Store around here, which is unfortunate. We have some 7-Elevens. I'm not sure if they offer the nacho cheese. Maybe a movie theater would. You know, wherever you can get nachos and a hot dog, I'm sure you could ask them. Hey, exactly. When you put when you put when you put butter halfway through this popcorn, this gallon of popcorn that I'm about to eat, 
and die during the, the showing of Dances with Wolves, can you also put in this uh, gallon of nacho cheese, which normally goes on chips, and put that on this you know four-inch-long hot dog? That'd be great. Gas station mistakes. Have there been any, like as far as cuisine? <laughs> Uh, we drove a, cro- a halfway cross-country trip from Charlotte to Nebraska, and on our way, we stopped at a, I can't remember what the gas station was, it was a huge gas station, and then there, I was like, oh my goodness, they have like caramel macchiatos in here, and um, I, would, I would advise, uh, would advise a, you know, a, a, uh, deluxe coffee mixture at a gas station uh we in a related story did have to stop at another gas station 10 miles down the road but it was good that was a good trip (laughs) anyone in dallas willing to buy brett maher a gas station hot dog today is there any more thing that is indicative of sports culture that it's a what have you done for me lately or frankly what did you not do for me lately uh culture the guy is a kicking guru and then stumbles into a 4 PAT missed night, and then Jerry Jones after the game is asked, are you going to look for a different kicker? I mean, if you would have said before the game that after the game, Jerry Jones is going to be asked, how about a new kicker? You would have said, what are you, crazy? I, it's, uh, and we use the term yips a lot. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know what yips are? Is that a technical term? Is that a, is that a doctor terminology at WebMD? I'm not sure. But it certainly looked like it last night. Uh, whether you're putting from three feet or kicking from 38 yards, uh, that's not good. It was tough to see for a Nebraska guy. Tough to see. It was. Uh, and we, we covered Maher in, in Lincoln and part yeah. of his high school career. And I know you did uh, out in central Nebraska as well. And yep. guy's a stud ball player. And it just – it, it was it was Maher, Cam. You, you couldn't turn away. Now, thankfully, there was the delayed – uh, cut to, to when it went through, and then you heard cheers. But you could just see him kind of out of his mind, that, that blank stare, so to speak, on the sideline where what's going on? He just hit a 65-yarder two weeks ago. Yeah, it's like you're you know a great three-point shooter who for some reason keeps missing layups. Mm-hmm. You go, wait, hold on a second, Steph. Figure this thing out. <laughs> and uh, how it just gets into your head. I mean, it's such a... We always talk about this, like whether it's in recruiting or other aspects of sports, where the question isn't, are you good? It's, it's not from the neck down. It's from the neck up. And frankly, when you're kicking, it's not man versus man. It's man versus self. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, like, it, it's, like a, it's like golf. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out there by yourself. Sure, they might be able to block it, but frankly, it's, it's right there on a tee. Figure it out. And if you don't, well, this kick can turn into seven. And, and then what do you do? I mean – Kicking is like, I would love for my son to grow up to be a punter or a kicker, but I wouldn't want him to be that if he misses one, right? And you know you're going to miss one. It's like a, it's like a relief pitcher. All right, your job is to go in there and get three outs. Oh, you blew this save? Oh, now you blew three saves. Why are you on the roster? And your career's over. So, yeah, it's tough. We'll spend a moment here on Coach Prime. And what, what's your reaction to, to some of the blowback that Dion's been getting from other coaches, his technique, or his – I thought he was great on the Manning cast last night. That was, that was pretty good stuff. But overall, uh, how do you think uh, Coach Prime has been navigating uh, his new role? 
I think he's been great. I think there are a few things that he's going to have to learn. Uh, there are coaches are saying, hey, he is contacting a kid who has committed to us and signed with us. You can't do that. Okay, well, uh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Um, coaching coaches will figure it out. And they'll police. sometimes you just have to police themselves. And the fact that a coach comes out and says that is, is good. They come out and say it. It's better than a Mac Brown coming out and saying, hey, this coach, there's schools out there offering Drake May millions of dollars. Who? Uh, you know. I don't want to say. Okay, fine. Uh, don't say anything. <laughs> so, it, you know, at least with Prime, it's, uh, you, you know, you can kind of put a face to the name and vice versa. Um, and I think the, you know, frankly, the Cormani McLean recruitment is one that's really interesting to watch because he's a five-star corner. I talked to him over at uh, the Under Armour All-America game, and he was committed to Miami. And then his uh, his mom on National Signing Day says uh, Cormani will not be <laughs> will not be signing today, which is just great theater. And uh, she tweets that out. So at Under Armour Week, I interview him. He still hasn't signed with Miami. And I said, uh, "Who's it down to? You and who? Or uh, Miami and who?" He goes, "Miami and Miami." I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And we got that interview. And then the uh, early the, the uh, signing period, or at least the evaluation period, opens up. And the defensive coaches, the entire defensive coaching staff for Miami, show up at his school, and he's not there. Why? Because he's on a trip to Colorado to see Deion Sanders. And uh, so I would imagine, here's what's going to happen here. He, Cormani McClain, a five-star corner, is going to announce, I would imagine soon, that he's going to play for Deion at Colorado. And, uh, and then you're going to have Cormani McClain and Travis Hunter who was the number two player overall last year, number one overall, uh, number one overall corner. You're going to have two five-star corners for Colorado overnight. I mean, think about how the transfer portal can transform a roster at the drop of a hat. It's incredible. And, you know, it's bad for some teams, good for others. But, you know, if, uh, if anyone can do it, you want to say no to Dion, God bless you. But uh, he's such a – such a charismatic uh, guy. It was just on the cover of GQ magazine. It's, uh, it's hard to imagine. I love what he said in a recent uh, speech to his team. He said, I know I look good. I'm 55. I look good, but I don't have time to, to waste. <laughs> no. And uh, I, don't, I don't have time for this. I'm not here to build. I'm here to win. And, uh, man, was Deion Sanders created for the transfer portal or what? He is, and uh, five-star corners, three-star corners that can get coached up aren't going to say no to him at that position. Nebraska keeps uh, busy, as we touched on, with their additions uh, in the roster and the portal, and uh, they've been able to comb some some high-profile SEC prospects that just hadn't seen the field that will be interesting with with how year one goes check you have football scoop that ranks the buffs in nebraska the number 11 non-conference game of 2023 oh gonna be outstanding and it's good to know that it's going to be prime's first home game that arizona state colorado scuttlebutt is uh is over and done with so that'd be good um and I think Colorado's got TCU the week prior. That's on the road. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a nice 0-1 Colorado team taking on uh, Nebraska at that time. But I think it'll be, uh, I mean, just the, the vibes going into that game, you know, two new head coaches, a lot of new pl- players, a lot of, frankly, a lot of unknowns with the rosters that, um, 
I can't I can't wait. I I think that's going to be uh, that's about as good as it gets. It's too bad it's not the season opener for both, mm-hmm. but I think for both teams it's probably the best just to get a. It's one thing to have a rivalry game; it's another to have it your opening game. And so I think this will be good. Bills are on a collision course. They get Cincy this weekend at home. Have you rounded up uh, enough Super Bowl tickets for you and the fam? Well, Super Bowl is absolutely out of the question. Um, absolutely not going to, to be doing that. Um, I started doing the math because I got the – when they found out it was going to be in Atlanta, I'm like, well, that's four hours from my house, the AFC Championship game. That's four hours from my house. So I went online, filled out my name, and said, okay, I'll put my name in the lottery to get tickets. Well, it's like winning the lottery for tickets. It's the only lottery that costs you millions of dollars when you win it, right? Like so, um, so it's. I'm starting to do the math on. I'm like, okay, six kids, six. Well, six kids. Oh God, help me. Four, four kids plus my wife plus me. Times what is it? Like, what's it going to be? Three hundred bucks? Like, could you imagine the amount of money you have to spend to go watch a neutral site AFC Championship game? So hopefully. We win the lottery, but hopefully we don't. I'm full of mixed emotions on that because I know if I win the lottery, I'm probably going to want to go. And I'm already trying to find out how many friends I know along the way to Atlanta or in Atlanta so that I can stay with them and uh, double their home occupancy for a night so that I don't have to spend so much money on a hotel. But uh, if they can get by Cincinnati, that might be where we're headed. It's going to be a a very interesting thing because I don't – I don't know that there's any team right now that you would look at and go, that's your Super Bowl champ. And it might just be the Chiefs, to be honest with you. Well, I think you and you and uh, Mrs. Schick go and you leave the kids at home. Yeah, or just me. I mean, why does it have to be anybody? <laughs> I think you make an executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is about it is uh, my, my youngest, he's seven, and he's a Chiefs fan. Wow. And and why is he a Chiefs fan? Because he likes Patrick Mahomes, and he plays Madden, and he pretends he's Mahomes. He's got Chiefs clothing. And so he's disqualified. He's for, well, no, here's the thing. He gets thrown onto a table with Bill's Mafia. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So it's going to be a painful trip for him uh, if he goes as he becomes the sacrificial lamb. You know how the, the old meme of the Lion King when Rafiki is holding the mm-hmm. Simba and then chucks him off the thing. That might be what happens here. But so it's, we'll, it's your son we'll in a Patrick Mahomes jersey going through a table. I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah, who's your, who's your daddy now? Right time to join Bill Pop. Yeah, that's right. Just make sure no one's filming with Child Protective. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, Matt Schick with his Schick Thanks for the time, man. Great stuff. Great work as always, and uh, good luck to the Bills. Thanks for a few minutes. Oh, he's good, guys. I'm kind of rooting for him and against him at the same time, so uh, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Thanks to Matt Schick, Chris Kelsey with us earlier in the show. Hail Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. And Husker Wrestling is crushing it head. Coach for Nebraska Wrestling, Mark Manning, back with us. Coach, how we doing? Hey, good, Chris. Doing all right. Yeah, you guys are. Congrats on the uh, the wins, the duels, and uh, Iowa City looms. Let's go back to last weekend and spend a moment just on on the kids, not kids, but you know what I mean uh, on 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 your guys and and the work they put in and, and how how you're feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Chris. We had you know two tough teams in Minnesota coming in on Friday night, and then. Um, you know, with Northwestern on Sunday, both are have really good teams. And, uh, you know, Northwestern took six in the nation last year. They had four All-Americans coming back. And uh, Minnesota's always a tough, tough out. Mm-hmm. So we knew there were there were going to be two tough challenges. And our, our guys really responded well. Um, you know, we really, we really wrestled consistent, I would say, you know, we we uh, we lost some matches that we thought we might get tight matches in both both duels, but we also won a lot of tight matches, and we also we just put a lot of points on the board. We I think you know the the crowd and you know the people that came, the response we got from everyone just really liked our you know our aggressiveness and um, you know how many points we put on the board. Just a lot of action, you know, and uh, it, it was really two fun duels and. And, uh, you know, our guys really, really put in the work to uh, really display that effort. Mark Manning with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Nebraska Wrestling, uh, Iowa City this Friday. Coach, you started the season with the Cliff Keen Invitational. Uh, that's one of the early season invites, one of the biggest. You won the Navy Classic, and you've seen improvement. Uh, Brock Hardy and Lenny uh, Pinto are two names that have yep. continued to, to get better. Speak to, to their development and also just uh, what what it takes to stay, um, stay focused but also stay uh, in the right mind frame if you're off to a slow start, but that, that bounce back is clearly happening. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the two young men you mentioned, and I would put Silas Allred along with mm-hmm. that, too. Those those guys are all redshirt freshmen. Brock Hardy is a, is a young man who went on his Mormon mission, so we feel like we signed him about five years ago, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a 22-year-old freshman, and, and, you know, he signed out of high school. He went on his Mormon mission for two years, came back during COVID, that was really a nothing year, and then redshirted last year. So Brock Hardy's a very experienced, obviously a mature young man, um, and just just a neat kid, man. Great competitor. Um, you know, he he doesn't look like a typical typical wrestler. He kind of looks like an old man. Our guys on our team mm-hmm. kind of kid him. You know, like Brock Hardy, you're you're the old man, but uh, but he's a freshman and just. He's wrestling with a lot of confidence. He won the Cliff Keen, like what you mentioned, is one of the toughest tournaments out there. And then, you know, he's just been, we knew he, he was capable of this. And now, he, you know, he's ranked in the top five in the, in the country at his weight class at 141. And, and uh, you know, he's just a freshman. And then Lenny Pinto is just, you know, he, he's, he's our Rocky, man. He's the Italian stallion. And uh, he's, he's, 
he's a fun kid, and he's wide open. I thought I I think we had more response of how Lenny Pinto wrestled on Friday and Sunday than any guy on our team, and we had some impressive performances. But but Lenny wrestles with a um, a burst of energy. He's an explosive young man, and you don't see a, a guy 184 move like he does. And he's really explosive. He's fun to watch. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just a go-getter. He's a, he's a pinner. And, uh, you know, he's, a, he's always one little move or throw away from putting someone on their back. And, and uh, he's, he's been, you know, a huge catalyst in our team. Um, you know, just fun-loving. He, you know, he's, he doesn't fear anyone. He's just a great kid to coach. And, um you know, it comes from Stralsburg, Pennsylvania, great parents, and he, he's, a, he's a freshman. And then Silas Allred at 197, he's had a great weekend and uh, beat two tough competitors. And another guy who's just getting better and better, you know, from, you know, the middle of November till, till now, he's a, he's a different kid. And, uh, you know, you just see these guys developing. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's fun to be around. It's fun to coach these guys. They – they want to get better, and um, you know it's um, they they embrace the hard work. Mark Manning with us, uh, Nebraska wrestling, Hale Varsity Radio. Liam Croden, two top five wins, named National Wrestler of the Week today. Uh, what's that mean? Man, Liam's uh, very deserving of that. He's you know he's just stayed steady. Um, you know he's a he's a you know basically a fifth year senior. We we medicaled him last year. He had he he broke his hand early in the year, and and his his foot he had a, a broken uh, foot too, so he was kind of all beat up last year. We medicaled him. We got him another year of eligibility, and and he's just been he, another guy, just a spark plug. You know, we try, try to start off at 125. He's the lowest weight class, and Liam just comes out there with a ton of energy. You know he's strong. He's explosive. He's a he's a good athlete, and just he's really worked himself into that. You know, like you mentioned, he he beat the number three ranked guy or four ranked guy on Friday, and then the third ranked kid on in the country on Sunday. Not a small task, and he and he beat him um, in in decisively. You know, he he dominated both matches. He put up a lot of points, and you know he has a. You know, he's wrestling a four-time national champ on Friday, so we better be wrestle, ready to wrestle Spencer Lee. But Liam is, and, and uh, you know, we really like where Liam is. So he's, he's uh, very impressive and very deserving of that award. You mentioned what looms on Friday, Coach Manning, and that's Iowa in Iowa City. Tell me a little bit about the difference between wrestling in front of the home fans. Obviously, a, a big weekend in front of the home fans that you just got done with. What's the difference between wrestling in front of the home fans and going on the road and wrestling, not only on the road, but in a place like Iowa City? Well, well one, it's 15,000. They're packed, every duel, 15,000 fans. Uh, it, they're rowdy, to say the least. I, I, uh, I don't know what. Uh, more tactful word to use than that, but they're, they're, uh, they have some, they have some very nice adjectives they use when they call out our names. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, it's a, t- a tough environment to win and they just, you know, their crowd creates a, you know, 11th man type of atmosphere. You know, it's, 
it's hard to beat those guys in Carver Hawkeye. And, uh, you know, I, I think our group's really up for it. They, they really are looking forward to this duel. I think we match up well, you know, um, up and down the lineup. You know, they have tough guys, obviously. They're ranked number two in the country for, for a reason. So, you know, we, you know, you have to beat the champ. You got to go punch him in the face. You got to knock him down. You got to go take it to him. So we're, we're going to take the fight to him on, on Friday. And so it's going to be fun. And that's a, Great thing about coaching, you never know. And we, uh, you know, we've, we've never beat them in Carver Hawkeye. So, you know, is this the team this year? You know, we'll see. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a, uh, you know, fun challenge. And I think our guys are really up for it. And, you know, I think they're in a good middle frame uh, state of mind. Coach, what's your take on, on the locker room speech before a, a match like that, wherever you, you're going up against Iowa? And I mean, you list off a lot of things that I assume are going to come up in that pregame speech, but, but what's your take? How important is it to get these guys in the right frame of mind before going and wrestling in front of that crowd? I think it all starts with our practice through the week. Um, and we, we had some good practices today. And uh, I think it's the message stays the same the whole week. And then on Friday night, we just get them, you know, locked up, ready to go, and, and they go out and fire. Because if they, they're not ready then, you know, it, it's all about, you know, fear, you know, getting shut down, anxiety building up and on these guys. And, you know, they they see the crowd. They see the the environment. It's very intimidating. So you got to be ready for that. And so you can talk, talk all about it, but we have a lot of guys that have been there and, and seen it and experienced it. So they've really done a great job on our team, really telling them what to expect, you know, how it is. And, um, it's, it's very unique. It's very, it's tough to win. They don't, they don't lose much at Carver Hawkeye. You got to go take it from them. And, you know, that's, that's the challenge this team I put in front of them. Hey, this, this is what it's about. It's not going to be easy. So you, you have to go. You got to beat the champ. You got to go knock him down in his place. So um, it's going to be fun. I would think it's going to be. You know, I think it's live on BTN. So it's going to be probably a well, well viewed uh, match come Friday night. Mark Madding with us, Husker Wrestling, Iowa. And uh, what a weekend it's been for the Big Red and the uh, the Big Red Faithful came out. Coach Manning, about 90 seconds here, but that topic of fear, have you seen that feeling flip a guy and, and can they can they perform off of fear? Does it give them an extra boost? Yeah, you know, you use it for yourself to really motivate yourself, I think, uh, you know, you brought up a good point about you know you. It, it, it's it's a, it's about helping our team. Our message mm-hmm. really is about helping each guy's integral integral part. Well, what do I mean by that? There's ten weight classes, so to win a big duel like that, it's going to come down for someone to put someone on the back, someone to pull an upset, and then to feed off of it. I see this guy do it. I'm going to go do it. I see this guy do it. I can do it. And the belief. And the hope in each guy is is contagious, and so I think that's what we we did last weekend. A really good job, I thought, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna just keep rolling with that, you know. And uh, you know, it's not so much about about who we're wrestling; it's about how we wrestle. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're really trying to create our own identity, 
and um, and go let it fly on Friday night. Keep that momentum rolling. BTN, 8 o'clock, uh, Nebraska at Iowa. Coach Manning and his wrestling squad has been uh, doing amazing work, and they've been doing it for a long, long time at Nebraska and in the, the Big Ten. Coach, best to you and the guys. Uh, have a good one Friday night. We'll be cheering. Yeah, thanks. We had a great crowds on Friday and Sunday. I was so impressed by so many, uh, you know, people from Syracuse and Hickman and all these people from the surrounding towns came and sported. It was really great. I think people were were just loving it, loving our team. We hadn't been home for a long time, so we have some home duels left, and I really appreciate Husker fans turning out. So thanks a lot, and more more to come, right? That's right, Coach. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Go Huskers. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Coach Mark Manning, Husker Wrestling at Iowa Friday, BTN. Uh, the full interview going to be posted here shortly on Hale Varsity's podcast page uh, with our Herdat family. Uh, full show and then different segments. Matt Schick earlier. Uh, former Husker and Buffalo Bill, Chris Kelsey, Mitch Sherman, Coach Manning. We are at Rosie's tomorrow downtown, 10th and P, ahead of Nebraska and Ohio State. Get a beer, make a snow angel, and uh, get on to PBA. Big ball game for the Big Red, but you have some volleyball news. Yeah, uh, outside hitter Whitney Lonsty announces uh, today on Instagram that she uh, is leaving the Husker volleyball program. This comes uh, following the death of her father. Mm-hmm. She's going to step away, spend some time, she says, to heal and uh, spend time with family. And obviously a big loss for the Huskers based on how much she played last season. But I think what's more important is uh, the, the personal life and, and making sure everything's all right on the home front. So our, our thoughts are with her as uh, she spends some time with some family here. Um, unfortunate situation all around. Yeah, hugs to her and, and her family and, and uh, best wishes. And uh, I'm hoping we can get Jacob Bedill on at some point this week for to, sure. to talk about the loss, to, uh, not only for the Husker volleyball program, but just, uh, what it means moving forward and... Not the news you want to be uh, reporting on, I guess, whenever it's it's sad news to report mm-hmm. such as this. But obviously, life more important than volleyball and life more important than sports a lot of time. Even though uh, sometimes it doesn't feel bigger than sports with how much we talk about it on this show, Schmitty. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it is sometimes important to get that reminder that you need to take a step back. And, uh, and there are a lot, a lot more important things mm-hmm. than sports in life. So uh, our thoughts are with her. Absolutely. Well, uh, there may be, uh, you, if you listen real closely... And, and based on the crowd at Folsom Field, a lot of times you could hear Ralphie's footsteps. Could hear Ralphie's footsteps just because Folsom was maybe quasi full. Now our last trip to Boulder was 2019. Yeah, it was 2019, and and it was a sea of red and and a, and a tough finish for the Big Red. That that sound you hear may not be Ralphie, but it may be. A uh, auditorium full of current buffs making a rush for the exit. This is nuts, and it's got a little bit viral on social media with uh, Camp Dion. Uh, we talked with Schick a little bit earlier about uh, Coach Prime. We'll co- we'll catch up with Coach Barnett this Thursday, but Coach Brewster. And listen, you, you take a straw poll of folks around the college football world, and you're going to have some coaches that, that like somebody they, they bump into on the recruiting trail and then there's going to be some folks that you'll get the eye roll or they just won't say very much because 
Well, if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And people I've touched base with have all three categories for Coach Brewster. And I was waiting for R. Lee Emerly to, uh, to make his way <laughs> if he hadn't passed away. Yeah. But if you're a Full Metal Jacket fan, well, this is what it reminded me of. This is Coach Brewster uh, getting confused on Boulder from the Air Force Academy. When I say stand tall, okay, I want you bouncing out of your seat and stand tall. When I say stand tall, get your ass up. Stand tall. Sit your ass back down. Stand tall. We come. We come. Raise the goddamn roof. Raise the roof. We come. We come. We come. We come. If them Colorado buses show up, and 60 minutes of hell coming with it. Hmm. 60 minutes of hell coming with it. The time is now, man. The time is now. Sit down. To hit the portal. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad he at least ripped off a good Western tombstone. Hell's coming with me. Uh, Listen. That didn't work in the NFL. It wouldn't last very long, I guess, in the NFL. And do you, do you have to be screaming at kids to get their attention? I would think Coach Prime is as much swag as he walks in with. Kids are going to sit up in the chair. I mean, meeting one, the tone was set. There's always cameras around him. He's going to get good players. Is he going to get coachable guys? And at what point... After an 0-3 start, presumably, or 0-5 start, maybe they make an idiot out of me. Maybe they hit the ground running with talent. And they were 1-11 last year. Maybe they get the right guys that are coachable, that are high-level athletes. But if they don't win initially or find some success, Coach Brewster's Military-type attitude is going to wear real thin for 18- to 22-year-olds, specifically 18- to 22-year-olds in 2023, and it's going to be Charlie Brown's teacher. They may find him with the old bar of soap and socks and give him a code red. Well, Brennan chimes in on the stream yard saying, uh, what is that, a jelly donut? Reminding Colorado <laughs> not to bring any jelly donuts in the footlockers to the team meeting. <laughs> is that a jelly donut, I see? Uh. You eat it. They're paying for it. I think the most incredible part of that movie is that uh, uh, there's Leander, lots of them. He, he does the, he does the whole thing. It's off the top of his head. All his insults. None of those lines were written out. Have you heard this? No, I know. I I, I read the the backstory. So like he wasn't even on site to be the 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 drill sergeant in this. He he was on site to be like the guy to ensure that it was right. And then the drill sergeant just wasn't living up to expectations. He, whichever he one wanted, they, he wanted the the lead game. Yeah, he wanted it. So he shows up. He's like helping him out. And then he like at one point he says, "You're not doing it right." And I'm, I'm going to go and, and show you how it's done. He just thinks of all these insults off the top of his head. And the director. Uh, whose name is escaping me right now. Stanley Kubik. Yeah, Stanley Kubik. Ugh, can't talk right now. But he says, that that's the man. Like, we don't need to go any further than that. Like, you just saw how he roasted all these dudes off the top of his head. We don't need to go any further than that. But that's just a great story about Full Metal Jacket. Pri- Private Piles got the loaded weapon, and 
Arlie Emery's in his boxers and T-shirt, and he's, Mommy and Daddy not show you enough love. I mean, just still losing it on the guy. Uh, here's Dion. Do we have time for Dion? Uh, I don't think we do. But okay. I, I do have one quick story here, uh, speaking of meeting rooms, and that's that uh, great Husker, uh, Slick Steels. If you remember uh, Senior Day 1981, sang the National Anthem mm-hmm. uh, in full uniform. That's what a lot of Husker fans remember him for. He passed away a couple years ago. But I, I remember him because he came and coached my middle school football team way back when, Union Bank. And on our football team was Patrick Pliny, son of okay. Bo Pliny. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. We, uh, every single year we got to go watch a practice. And, I mean, you look at what Colorado's doing there and you think, yeah, that's that's pretty Air Force Academy. But we walk into the meeting room at Nebraska, the, the at the time, it was a, a newer meeting room, the padded chairs, and uh, Coach Steeles says, see, see, back in my day, we didn't have any chairs like this. You had to sit on the front of your chair. Your back couldn't touch the backrest. You had to sit at attention the entire time. I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I don't think I want to play college football if that's what the meeting rooms are like. And I'm not quite sure if that's a uh, if that was a team-wide rule, if that was a, a position room rule for, for Steeles or, or not. But I just remember him saying that, like, yeah, no, we, we couldn't even lean up against the back of our chair at team meetings and me as a little seventh grader going, that that's extreme. And then I watch Colorado and say, you well, watch, never mind. You watch uh, Coach Brewster. Listen, the, and it's funny how you, you, you set a culture and a tone where – there was a story of some hotshot running back that came in and was trying to sit in Amir's seat. And Amir's like, no, dude, that's that's mine. Hilarity ensued, and that, uh, that, that true freshman found another chair. Well, wind it down. Hail Varsity of Tuesday were presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, road show tomorrow. Uh, come see us down at Rosie's downtown Lincoln, just south of the Embassy on 10th. As you prime up for PBA, it's Ohio State, Nebraska, tip-off at 6. Big-time ball game for Nebraska and really a a big moment for Ohio State, which direction they go as uh, Nebraska tries to to pump the brakes a little bit on on a bit of a spin. And uh, we'll see where they go. Uh, At least uh, you're going to have a chance to be not completely full-strength, but uh, Sammy Greasel's back, which is good. We'll have allegedly some, back. We're, we're not hundred percent sure, but we do know that he practiced uh, in full today. Right. So we'll have some comments from Fred tomorrow. We'll be at Rosie's tomorrow. We are kidnapping Bill Dolman. He'll be with us. Elijah Herbal hanging out, and uh, Rosie's downtown. Come see us before tip at six. We're on four to six uh, live at Rosie's tomorrow. I know the weather looks gnarly, but there's snowmen to be made there's Coors Light to put on top instead of a top hat of your snowman Mm -hmm. uh, allegedly and what I'm saying is uh, it'll be okay just slow down on the roads give yourself a little extra time to stop you'll make it work with how well the road crews in Lincoln do and I want to give a huge shout out to all the the uh, the winter road crews Mm -hmm. in the city of Lincoln I guess the entire state as well just how well they do around here Give yourself a little extra time to get to your destination. Slow down on the roads. You'll make it to Rosie's just fine. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's on an Uber to take you home. <laughs> right. Or just wonders a few choices of hotels. Just crash. 
Couldn't get back, boss. Sorry, weather was bad. We'll work remotely. No. It could work. It could work. I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell it. Let's uh, let's sneak in Tom Brady in, in his last comments last night before he walked off. Uh, sounded like a fare thee well to, to Tampa, but, but not necessarily his career. Yeah, it just feels like the end of the season. So uh, I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. And I know it's hard for you guys, too. It's hard for us players to make it through. And you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars. And um, just very grateful for the respect. And I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Future right. Denver Bronco? No, absolutely not. No way. Uh, future Vegas Raider. That could be fun. That'd I mean, be great. Think, of that, think about that. Event- eventually, you guys will find a, a coach and an offense with Russell. Uh, you got Mahomes, you got Herbert, you got Brady. Well, see, I was more saying based on what I saw in Tampa this year, I'd love to have Tom Brady in uh, <laughs> in Las Vegas just screwing everything up for them. Just, uh, I shouldn't say that about the greatest of all time. Yeah. I apologize. And the thing is, if he came to Denver, I would take that all back in a heartbeat and there's say he's the greatest no, to ever do it. Why, there, why is anyone no doubting way him? He's going to donkey land. Mike Sauter from uh, Herdat reporting uh, that you had, and this was a earlier report this morning, but you have... Uh, the Metro rounds today with uh, Ed Foley at Omaha North checking out Tyson Terry Satterfield at Bell West looking at McMorris and Davon Hall at, of course, uh, West Side uh, where uh, they were making their rounds as well. Satterfield to check out uh, Caleb Benning and, and the Rezacs. Talk to you tomorrow from Rosie's at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.